Have you ever asked yourself what brings you joy? Maybe you need to ask what doesn't bring you joy. Today on the show, we're talking about living a life of purpose. We're going to have some tips on finding fulfillment in your life. All this to find a better version of ourselves on today's episode of Small Shop Fundraising. Hello and welcome to Small Shop Fundraising, a podcast dedicated to small to medium-sized nonprofits and the topics and issues facing them today. I'm your host, Liz Heck, and we are joined by Jonah Joyner. This afternoon, if you were to go on her LinkedIn profile, her profile would tell you that she is busy. She's a leadership strategist. She's a wellness consultant. She's a DEI advocate, and she's also the creator of Drink First, Then Pour. Jonah, welcome to the show, and thanks for being here. Thank you, Liz. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited. This is going to be a good one, everybody. We're going to talk about something that, Jonah, I think you speak on quite a bit, and that is finding fulfillment. And before we get into that topic of finding fulfillment and digging deeper into what that means I want to hear more from you, Jonah, about your leadership journey uh, and how you got to be so busy with all the, all the things that you do in our, in your community. Hmm. You know, it's interesting that you say um, busy because I don't necessarily feel busy these days. I feel as though I'm doing work that um, is energizing and empowering. So it doesn't feel as taxing as you know my life did before um before i started doing this so it was just something that i thought about when you mentioned that so my leadership journey i so i was working in corporate america i was a leading communications and diversity equity and inclusion initiatives for fortune 500 organizations and i did that for several years and things were going well i you know my career was going well i was being promoted Um, Lots of good things happening professionally, but at the same time, I was dealing with a very personal uh, turmoil and tragedy. My husband was battling cancer and um, he ultimately succumbed to the disease. So the year that he passed away, um, everything changed for me. I can no longer operate and function in the same way that I had as far as being busy, really being this um, amazing superwoman at work. I also had a young child who was 16 months old at the time that he passed. And just trying to balance all the things had really become too much for me, too much mentally and emotionally. So I went on this journey. I went on this, this healing journey, right? This wellness journey. I was still employed um, at the time, but I started to invest in a lot of coaching. So I started to invest in personal coaching, leadership coaching, executive coaching. I started seeing a therapist. I was like crazy maniacal about like this idea of wellness and healing. I didn't really know what that meant for me at the time. I just knew that I felt broken and unhappy. Mm -hmm. And previously, you know, work had become sort of a respite, right? I would just Focus, focus, focus at work and grind super hard and really focus on like accomplishments and goals. And that was sort of taking my mind away from what was happening at home with my husband. But once he was gone, right, that just shifted everything for me. And I can no longer rely on 
my coping mechanism of work to kind of get me through the day. It just wasn't sufficient right. anymore. So I, again, part of my journey, I, I got to a place where I, I realized I was like, I am not happy. <laughs> you know, I'm doing all these things. I'm getting these accolades, but I felt kind of numb inside. And I wanted to, you know, when I would talk to certain people or you would see certain people on TV and they just seemed truly fulfilled and joyous, right? Like, you know, you can just come across some people and you're like, that person loves what they do, yeah. right? That person is really in their element because it, 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 it shows, right? It's infectious. It kind of comes out of their pores when someone is truly living a life that they, that they feel like is on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to become one of those people. How do I do that? right? Like, how do I become happy and fulfilled and all these things? So my journey led me to the decision to actually leave corporate and to start my own, right? To start consulting and create a platform for women who had experienced loss, which evolved into Drink First and Poor. So that, in in a nutshell, is sort of how I got from where I was to where I am today. What a story. And, and that is, that is the, definitely the abbreviated version of how you got to where you are less than what'd you say Jonah a a year a year yeah a A little over a year Mm -hmm. so you speak then on certain things that surround that year-long process right that you had like you said your it was a leadership journey to where you are now and one of those things is finding fulfillment because it sounds like maybe that's what you were looking for. You were numb in the corporate world, potentially. And now you, you went on a journey to find something that was that was going to bring you back to life, almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what does that mean then? If it, Not just you specifically, but what does finding fulfillment mean in the workforce? Is that something different than personally? No, I think finding fulfillment is, is just that, right? It's finding fulfillment. Um, It could be in the workforce. It could be at home. It could be, you know, in a lot of different manifestations. I think what's what the goal should be is to identify what brings someone joy and then try to attain more of that. So it could be a lot of different things, right? It could be finding fulfillment in your relationship, in your marriage, in your home, at work, at school. It I think the the where is irrelevant and it's just more about, okay, what are the things that are bringing me joy? And then also identify what are the things that don't (laughs) bring me joy, right? What are the things that are draining or taxing or stressful or overwhelming me, right? I think it's probably just as important to identify those triggers and those things as well. And then how can you do less of that? Not sure if you've spoken to a lot of people or to your clients and customers, regarding fulfillment during the pandemic, but have you seen people interested or needing to find fulfillment? Has that increased over the last seven months? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. There are definitely more people now who are focused on finding fulfillment. You know, I believe that when, when the pandemic started, right, we've, we've gone through so many different emotions (laughs) collectively Mm -hmm. since then, right? Because initially it was more of shock and awe. It was like, oh, this could never happen. Um, And then there's just been like this roller coaster of emotions where now, so we're, we're what, like eight, nine months out, right? So at this point, 
were kind of just trying to figure out how to survive <laughs> at right. this point, right? Like we're over the shock and awe of it. It's the new reality. I think some people are still kind of in denial uh, and think that, you know, maybe in a few weeks, things are going to magically go back to normal, which personally, I don't think is the case. Um, <laughs> but for most of us, right, I think it's like, all right, I have to figure out how to, how to navigate this normal um, and how to survive and then also maintain. So yes, you have seen a lot more emphasis and focus on wellness and mental health and self-care. It's like been a whole new movement around that because you know with people being forced to sit right forced to sit at home forced to sit with their their thoughts (laughs) their families you know having to figure out how to uh, manage the convergence of work life and home life um homeschooling your children you know all these all of these worlds have have collided together and then also many of our distractions were also kind of taken away from us as well for a while, right? For a while, there were no sports and, yeah. you, you know, you, you still couldn't engage with um, groups of people and, you know, your social circles have changed and like so much of life has changed for people and there has been so much isolation um, that has created, it has forced people, in my opinion, to really figure out what's most important. Because it's kind of stripped us all bare, right? It's all kind of, it's made some things very, it's stripped us naked, right? It's made some things visible that maybe we were hiding uh, or covering up with other distractions and other things that we had free free access to before that we don't now. So now people are kind of forced to deal with their feelings and their emotions. And that has prompted this emergence of people saying, all right, I need to figure out what my purpose is. I need to find joy. I need to find fulfillment. And again, that may look different for different people. You know, it may not necessarily mean you need to quit your job. You know, even though that was part of my journey, mm-hmm. I I am not in the practice of coaching people to quit their jobs. <laughs> okay, uh, that's good. You know, don't leave your job. Um, Jonah did not tell you to leave your job. She said, no, no, no. find joy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, if your journey leads you to to walk away from your job, then, I mean, that's your journey, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I think everybody's journey is different. In a previous podcast, just a couple of weeks ago, we I spoke with Susan Woods, who is a uh, recruitment director in Louisville, Kentucky. And she was talking about how there is a trend of workers leaving their jobs and staying home with the kids because they've realized that their children need them. And they find fulfillment through that need to be with family. And it's, it's a higher priority for them over working, you know, however many hours a week, 60 hours a week or whatever, being gone while they're home. And so there's a trend for men and women. Um, Have you seen a trend like that family being what is fulfilling folks? And so the workforce is not for them anymore as well. Absolutely. I think there's a, a trend of people electing out of the workforce. Yes. Yeah. But there's also a trend, especially for women, of them kind of being forced out of the workforce as well. Right. Be- because, because of family. Because need? of family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because of family needs, um, because of homeschooling, and, you know, and having to make that those, some tough decisions with their how to better support their families, especially when you have, uh, you know, 
two parents that are working or even in single parent households. It's been a real strain and stress on women in the workforce, um, this whole pandemic. And it is forcing some women out, which is also very unfortunate. So I'd be interested to see, you know, the statistics, you know, as we come out of this five, 10 years down the road, I think we're going to really see some interesting statistics when it comes to the, how family dynamics will have changed, how educational attainment has changed, because I think there will be an impact as well, like on our kids with this year or however long, um, you know, virtual learning, things like that. I think the, the impacts of COVID are far reaching. Uh, we've yet to even really see that. Everyone's so focused on the economy and that makes a lot of sense that we need to be focused on that, but there are these underlying items, you know, these layered things that all kind of stack together uh, that will also be impacted. And as you said, for not just 2020, but also in the years to come. Uh, and mm-hmm. so finding fulfillment for these women that we talked about or anyone who is, you know, stressed out and overworked, wherever that work may come from, is even more of a, a priority f- for them, for their for their mental health, for their uh, well-being and for the well-being of, of their family unit and for the folks that are in their, you know, their village, their circle. So mm-hmm. do you have any tips for us how to find fulfillment? I do. So... When I think of finding fulfillment, priority for for me is wellness. And I don't think you can find fulfillment without wellness. So when I say wellness, I it's holistic, right? So it's mental, physical, emotional, and even and even spiritual. And I think it's so important to maintain those aspects of your life. I think that leads to fulfillment. But I have I developed a principle called the the drink principle actually that is key to identifying and maintaining wellness. Our drink is an acronym. The D stands for don't ride the roller coaster. So this is all about our emotions, right? Um, our, our, our mental health and our emotional health. There's so much happening. There's so much news. There's um, so much negative news, things that are happening around us. It can be very easy to ride this emotional roller coaster, right? It's like, oh, we have a great day. And then we get horrible reports on the evening news and then it's like (laughs) you know we're up and down and our emotions are all over the place and we have this news overload and it's overwhelming that's taxing so Mm -hmm. it is it has a true psychological impact on us it causes trauma um, and trauma is a physical it causes physical effects right so don't ride that roller coaster jump off so you can do that by you know, minimizing your news consumption, right? Which which is something that I do. Also minimizing just the negative energy that's around you, right? We all have some people in our lives maybe that are a little bit negative, um, that you know when they call or when you see them, it's always going to be something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have yeah, that person so, in my mind right now. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. So you, you have the ability, right, to minimize interactions with, with those people. So the R is for recognize that you're doing your best. Too often, we do not give ourselves grace. We extend grace to others. We, or, you know, allow excuses and things like that. And we we give grace to other people, but we don't oftentimes give grace to ourselves. We're usually our worst critics. We're really hard on ourselves. So we should stop doing that. Be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. More than likely are doing your best. And that's good enough. 
So the I is for investigate. This is where you identify if you need to invest in more help. It's really more about identifying what it is that you need in this moment, right? Do you need more help? Do you need to ask for something? Do you need to stop doing some things in your life? But without doing, without going through this process of investigation and asking yourself some important questions, we can't really get to that point. So the end is for no is a complete sentence. And that's all about creating boundaries. So remember that negative Nancy or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, person that we talked about a few minutes ago, we can create boundaries about how we interact with that person. Also, just saying no, oftentimes, is very, very difficult for people. Absolutely. And when we say no, we feel like we have to add a disclaimer on why we're saying no. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not always necessary. Sometimes, no is a complete sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but it can be so tough for people to do, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, so it they, is. It's hard yeah. to say no. <laughs> it is hard to say no, especially to certain people, right? I mean... But those are probably the people we need to say no to the most, the people that it's hardest to say no to. K is for keep it moving. Once you've gotten off the roller coaster, you've given yourself some grace, right? You've investigated, you've, you've created a plan, basically, right? You've identified what, what your needs are. You've created a plan, a plan around that. You've established some boundaries. Now it's time to execute on your plan. Right. And that's the drink principle. I love it. I have a question about investigate. So mm-hmm. how would someone, when, when someone's trying to figure out what it is they need, how do they, mm-hmm. how do they make that leap to what the right thing is? Yeah. I'm a big believer in quiet time and meditation. Okay. And those are, you know, key opportunities for us to kind of quiet our minds, to reflect, journal, spend some time with yourself, right? We don't, we don't do that enough. We don't just sit and think, <laughs> even yeah. if it's just 15 minutes. That 15 minutes can be so helpful and rewarding and refreshing for your day. So I spend, I try to wake up around 30 minutes to an hour before my daughter does each day. So that gives me a moment of quiet time, right? Where I can, I meditate, I read my devotional, I pray. I just spend a few minutes with myself and that helps to jumpstart my day. Um, I'm able to calibrate and just kind of, you know, just be ready for the day. When I don't do that, days where I don't spend the time to do that or I wake up late or, you know, something happens, Mm -hmm. the days never go quite as well. They don't. I feel stressed. I feel like I'm, you know, running running. from this thing to that Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, always running or my thoughts are kind of jumbled. You know, what am I doing today? Okay, where's my to-do list? What? The days are just disjointed. But when you take the opportunity to have that quiet time and to meditate, that's how you can effectively identify what it is that you need in this moment. You can reflect. You can reflect on the day. You can, you know, reflect on the previous week. You can actually think without distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and settle yourself and prepare for what is to come or even in the, the night before, right? You could, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the morning. That's what you do, but it could be the night before to prepare for the, the day that's coming. So just, just making it a, a routine practice, right? Okay. Is what that's important. Is what's most important. The routine part, right? 
-hmm. And that's a form of self-care too. Absolutely. Cool. That's time that you, you know, you set aside just for you. It is so okay to have time dedicated just to you, not to your kids, not to your spouse, not to your significant other, not to work, just for you. Just for you. I'm going to have to give this a shot, I think, Jonah. Um, Please, yes. Finding a time just for me. Um, Not for me and someone else, just for me. Mm -hmm. So to wrap up this portion of our conversation, are there any tips or last thoughts you you would like to share with our specific audience on with the nonprofit sector? You know, typically when I know when it comes to nonprofits, there's always a budget concern, right? Always a fundraising concern, um, which can create a certain amount of stress, I'm sure, stress and anxiety. Would be a, a really good idea for there to be collective opportunities, I think, for, you know, a nonprofit organization to spend some time on wellness and self-care. It, it could be, you know, as a, an offsite, as a team building opportunity, mm-hmm. a moment to do that, to energize, to recharge, because this work can be grueling, right? It's right. taxing. A lot of times the teams are small, the goals are lofty, right? right. The, the, the funds, you know, you've got to scrap to find those funds, especially probably in a COVID, you know, post COVID society. So the focus on wellness is increasingly important. And there are opportunities to do that, like I said, as a collective as well. You know, there's, there's the individual wellness, um, but then there's also ways to, you know, make sure that you're taking care of your teams as well. So take 10 minutes, 15 minutes and, and work on that as a team. Are there, um, resources that nonprofits could could reach out to for this type of wellness collective? Sure. Well, one thing that I do, because um, I work mostly with organizations and, and companies. So, so one thing that I do as a facilitator is I lead some of these uh, wellness activities. I will facilitate that, right, for the group and create space for the group to do that. And I usually, you know, it it comes to life in a variety of different ways, depending on the group and their needs. But, you know, sometimes it's as simple as a meditation exercise, leading a meditation exercise for the group, you know, taking 15 minutes or so to ask how everyone is doing and what, and, and listening to what everyone says. That listen part is really, I think, Mm -hmm. important (laughs) because you ask, people ask each other all the time, how are you? And I don't think people actually listen. Um, no, no, we don't care. Right. <laughs> we don't, it's like we ask, but we don't really care. No, so we definitely just, don't really listen to yeah. what people are saying. It's just um, the beginning of a conversation. Absolutely. There are other, okay. um, there are other resources as well. I think there, there are some apps out there mm-hmm. that are maybe less about collective work, but more about individuals. So there's like insight timer, um, is a really good mindfulness and meditation app. There's calm, mm-hmm. uh, there's breathe, which literally just focuses on breathing, which, you know, we'd be surprised how often we hold our breath during the day and clench in our, in our tense, right? And, and clench our teeth and we're really tense. So it's, it's amazing what just focusing on a few deep breaths, you know, every hour or every couple of hours will do for you. Great resources 
and great suggestions on how to take just a little bit of time and focus on yourself uh, and your collective group as you try and, and we all move through this crisis and we all try and find fulfillment in our own way. Thank you so much for talking with us about that. I do have a few more questions. These are questions that I that I ask every one of my interviewees, and they're called my one common questions. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's just four of them. So what is one thing that you love about nonprofits? Oh, the people. The people. There's just such a hunger to do great work um, and a passion for what they do that uh, I don't know that you see in corporate spaces, but it's it's palpable within the nonprofit sector. I love that. Great answer. What about one thing you love less about nonprofits? The budget constraints. <laughs> you Everybody know? hates that um, in nonprofit world. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. You know, <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is one of your favorite resources that you'd like to share with the audience? I love coping kits, coping kits. I've, I create my own, right? So inside your coping, well, the reason for the coping kit, the purpose behind the coping kit is something tangible that you can reach for in moments of overwhelm or anxiety, right? You're feeling stressed. And inside the coping kit are just a few items. And your coping kit can be in a box or a basket something that you can actually like physically see, right? So inside your coping kit, you have a journal. You have a playlist, right? So of course, everything's digital now and you can do Spotify playlists, Apple Music playlists, et cetera. But it's nice to have your happiness playlist just kind of written down on a piece of paper and placed inside your box. So that way you always know the songs that bring you joy, right? and and can play them right so it's just a good visual representation of that um something that you can touch like a stress ball um something that you can you know physically squeeze um and manipulate in your hands to help release some tension um as well pictures of happy joyous moments things that um you know things that put a smile on your face put a few of those pictures in there as well um your favorite candle you know your favorite scented candle. That's a great kit. I love that. I'm, yes, I'm glad you told us what needs to go in it because I think other, you know, people might have their other, other ideas of what might go in. It might not be the best ideas though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but those are yes, great. Wellness. Great. Right. Our wellness, right. Yeah. I love the sensory of all the, of all of the, the things that you're mm-hmm. talking about with sight and yep. smell and tactile. And um, maybe you put some chocolate in there, right? Something taste good or maybe your favorite you could. yeah you could favorite juice i have no idea so this is why we why yeah. we need you jonah i stay away well, <laughs> well i stay away from snacky stuff right because that because that could become emotional eating oh right i'm 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 not feeling great i'm feeling overwhelmed i'm feeling anxious so let me grab some chocolate or let me grab a saucy snack or let me grab a donut or let me right. grab a you know which which can become destructive right behaviors okay so i just i just stay away from the food stuff um but i will say gum though placing gum chewing gum okay in your kit as well because that can help with the if you have if you need to do that if you have that chewing if you need to chew something yeah. right mm-hmm. that oral fixation then the chewing gum can help with that yeah maybe some water, water without all okay. the calories right 
put some yes. water in your kit. <laughs> yes. That's safe. <laughs> yes. It's okay, important to one. hydrate, friends. I got one. Yes. <laughs> Stay hydrated, friends. <laughs> okay, last question. What is one thing you see your industry doing uh, that is impacting diversity, equity, and inclusion? Well, what we're seeing is that in the in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, the wellness conversations are happening as well. Oh, okay. Right? We're, we're realizing that we can't really have productive diversity, equity, and inclusion conversations without acknowledging wellness, without acknowledging mental health, without acknowledging trauma, and right. the impact that you know, racism and misogyny and bigotry and sexism and all these things have on people, right? It has a direct impact mm-hmm. on folks. So I'm, I'm loving this, this uh, I don't want to call it a trend. I'm hope, hope, hoping it's not a trend, but I'm loving this, this thought right now of having these wellness conversations in conjunction with DEI conversations. I think it's so important. That's great. I'm glad to hear that there are those conversations are happening because you're right. I mean, as I sit here and I think about it, yes, absolutely. There would be trauma and, and uh, like shame. And this, uh, we talked about vulnerability uh, earlier. That's all happening right now. And that can be so, it can be personal and it can be harmful to, to even the, you know, the most shielded of people. Right. So, absolutely, uh, yeah. So that's good to hear that it's being taken seriously with the wellness conversation as well as the systemic racism that we are, we all can uh, see now more, I think more vividly than before. That gives me hope that that conversation's kind of colliding with the others. Jonah, mm-hmm. I just want to thank you one more time for being here with us today. Um, My pleasure. Talking about fulfillment and, and how to be fulfilled in a time of, like we are in right now throughout the country has got to be something we all focus on, right? We all focus on how we can be a better version of ourselves. It's imperative. I mean, I think if 2020 taught us nothing else, it it has taught us that, you know, things can change in an instant. And the the houses that we've built, (laughs) were not necessarily on a solid foundation, Mm -hmm. right? They were built on shaky ground, on things that are, fleeting stuff that can be taken away in an instant and it's you know now an opportunity to really focus on what truly matters and you know people and connections and relationships and things like that absolutely absolutely something that nonprofit fundraisers and marketers i think have a have a an idea about because so much of what we do as fundraisers and marketers in the nonprofit world is build those relationships but let's come back to that let let's you know, let's not just rant, write the grants and, and ask for money, but build the relationships to bring us all together. And that's a bright spot for 2020. Love thanks. It. Thanks again, Jonah, for being here. Um, this has been Small Shop Fundraising. I'm your host, Liz Hack. Thanks for listening.